0: sleep better than you have ever slept. You've never been this relaxed. Are you ready to change your life? I'm Rusty Diamond, certified hypnotist. You don't need to leave your house. You can stay in your bed. You can stay in your favorite chair. You just need a computer or your phone. You can get a hold of me. Stay at home. I'll make your life better. great.com. It's Rusty Diamond, Motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, Motherfucker. Yo! Rusty, what is up, everyone? It is Monday. Back at it again. I'm pretty sure it's Monday. I don't know for sure. Yes, for sure. Probably, as the kids say. Uh, Welcome, everybody, to the Public Access Podcast, the podcast here on the Rusty Diamond Podcast Network. What is up? Yeah, it's been a bit, it's been, uh, I was supposed to have a show Friday, but didn't have a show Friday, no, what day was that, Wednesday, and I took off Thursday and Friday, so it's been since Tuesday, it's been like six days, that's a long time, the time of the podcast, between shows, so, uh, welcome everybody back, and welcome back, my special guest, and my special guest is right here, right now, and my special guest right here, right now, is Kara Payton, how are you doing Kara?
1: i'm very very well good to be back thanks for having me yeah thank you good to have you back uh
0: i think it was i don't know how long ago maybe maybe sometime close to a year ago uh but uh yeah not sure on the specifics um yeah and so yeah go back and listen to that one after you're done listening to this one um because you should, because you should go back and check it out. And things were different a long time ago, but things are still kind of the same. And I mean, yeah, because I don't know, yeah, a year ago, <laughs> this show was it was different. Um, but what what's been been going on with you since the last time we spoke, which was yeah, probably a year ago? What's kind of new in the Kara world.
1: Oh gosh. Well, definitely the qualifiers of qualifiers of life. We all go through for sure. And you know, anybody that wants to teach something or make an impact in a potential space, obviously they've got to walk the gamut of their own <laughs> journey in that. Like how, how invested are you really into teaching this? And the universe seems to dish up our own personal Test to see if uh, we really have what he takes. So happy to report, definitely walked the gamut. Definitely got bloody. Definitely got bruised. And on the other side of it, some some significant productions have come from it that I'm very proud of. Kind of that stepping into the arena thing, as opposed to doing really good at the stall tactics. That I was I was good at doing the optics game. And, you know, okay, these are the things that make it look on the outside as if I am playing this part or playing this role, playing this character that people know as Kara Payton. I'm, I was doing a really, really good job of playing the character. And uh, it even just in the last year since we last talked, there has been a definite, <clears throat> we'll say, retiring <laughs> of character of the character of Kara Payton that that has been that has been retired so cue Jim Carrey life crisis hopefully not but something something in the same family of that for sure
0: so I mean yeah that's if you're gonna be better I mean you have to get thrown these uh obstacles and things to work through so that you you know that have that experience cuz i mean yeah it's it's one thing to say you know how to do this but having gone through it it's it's a whole different ball game <laughs> and it's yeah um what was what was kind of the point where you realized oh, okay this is something different than what i was into at first and now this is we're playing we're playing on a different level now what was kind of the moment you realized that
1: i generally un- had an overriding theme that was so The umbrella, the thematic umbrella that basically infiltrated every subject of my life my family, my health, my relationships, my career, my children, everything was that I was still in some way hiding, hiding something, hiding me, hiding truth, hiding the qualifier, hiding the needle mover, hiding what would actually not only put me in the arena but turn the lights on where i can't hide i can't mask i can't filter i can't stage i can't posture i can't position i can't manipulate i can't figuratively alter anything about it and the truth my god this like the the idea of this ugly truth the things that I didn't want to face, the things that would be, that would mean death, the things that would mean mourning, the things that would mean burying your dead and moving on by staring at the corpse, I wasn't willing to do it. And this thing balled up. It was like, I imagine uh, Indiana Jones where this stone ball is rolling down this hallway and he's just running from it. Instead of, you know, stopping, turning around and letting him just pancake his ass in the middle of the movie, I was, this ball had become this small little pebble. And over time, this continued lying and posturing and trying to chase approval or avoid criticism or gain connection or keep people in my corner where I was understood or God knows what else this pebble grew to this yet quite literally this earth shattering boulder that was rolling behind me all the time. And last year, at some point I just turned around and I was just, just take me, (laughs) just log me, just flatten me. I don't, I can't run anymore. And I think the biggest revelation was that I wasn't actually making me run. I was this character, I was this untouchable character. I, I had, I was, I was figurative bullshit. I was a concoction, a collection, an in, intellectual creation that didn't really get hurt by anything. I was making my inner child run. She was the one that had to do, go through all of it. She was the one that was having to incessantly marathon her way through all of her relationships. And I finally was just like, dude, stop running. I didn't realize that I was making you do this. You've been running fast enough for me all along. I, all of the people, all of the they just, they just let's just stand here together, and let this truth just flatten us, and then we'll stand up and see what's left. And fortunately, not not much was left when we stood up. There's, I lost, um, a life partner. I lost. A father, two fathers, I lost friends, I lost um, a lot of just certainty, and it was uncomfortable, but it's like one of those, whew, it's over, though.
0: (laughs) Right, and now you are more of an authentic version of yourself, and...
1: Whatever the hell that means.
0: (laughs) Right, right.
1: And it's
0: tough. It's tough getting to that point where it's, I don't, I don't know what to do. And I don't know. Like you just sleeping into that unknown of, I I need to get to this spot and yeah, I might, uh, you know, lose some some people along the way but they're not you know not supposed to be there where you're supposed to be like you don't exist in the same same spot you know this uh it's hard and it's it's really hard and it's You know, especially hard with you know relationships and uh, of that nature, and um, just being able to go and let that go. And I mean, how did? Was it like a, a overnight kind of realization or an aha moment, or was it a I'm starting to realize this isn't really me and I need to be true to myself. Um did that come through or was that sort of or was it just all of a sudden oh shit okay this is this is where I need to be. This is I'm I'm not not where I'm supposed to be and I know this now. Is that more the case?
1: It was a mixture of both actually. I noticed that there was a there was a rising tension in me, an inability to have any kind of peace. Everything was riddled with some weird building anxiety that I couldn't quite quiet anymore. I usually could avoid, I could do the avoidance dance, the distraction dance, and the numbing dance, and it used to work. It used to work really well. I had my, I had my methods, my coping mechanisms, my defense mechanism. I had all those things in place and they were working for a time and then it just got to a place where nothing was sustainable i couldn't do the same things i used to be able to do to hide out and this like weird creeping anxiety got to a place where for one in my in my relationship that i was in that was the first big blow so it was kind of like it was rising slowly over time and all of a sudden an explosion where it's just it just completely shattered and fell apart and I couldn't even like but I but I want the pieces I want this isn't this isn't gonna work for me for it to just be like I don't know what to do where's the glue somebody help and unfortunately after that if after that big massive explosion I didn't realize all the other similar themes going on in other relationships to that one i was essentially trying to marry my father and so that explosion the the ricochet and the the aftermath that weird when a nuclear bomb goes off that that wave effect it hit my relationship with my dad and i all of a sudden realized oh my god that too like that has to go And then that theme of that entire side of the family came next. It was like, oh, now that too. And so explosions after the rising tension, it was like the oh shit moment and oh shit moment, this layer of protection, this onion. I was like, this is all I have of the onion left. (laughs) This (laughs) is it. I can't do anything with this. This is just me. So my coach and mentor at the time He's. he always told me the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. And he wasn't kidding because the truth was so uncomfortably blissful to step into. I would find myself like addicted to that, that sense of freedom and the, and the movement and the breathing room that I had, but it Once you realize that I've taken a few deep breaths and I'm in this freedom and it's wonderful and it's like, wow, truth is just such a, it's such a pass. It's like weight off your shoulders and relief. But then you look around in that bliss and you're going, there's nobody else fucking here. I got all these room for activities, but nobody's here. And this is now terrifying because now I have this weird juxtaposition of whether or not to take the red pill or the blue pill and go back to not knowing And you can't just do that. You can't go back to unseeing your themes, your habits, your shadows, your bullshit. You can't, or other people's shadows, habits, bullshits, demands, expectations. It's like, I can pretend, I can try to play the character again, but now I know. Now it's clunky. Now it's not, I'm not just in the role of Batman. Now I'm in the role of Bruce Wayne wearing Batman's suit and I'm incredibly uncomfortable and sweaty. It's like, I know this now. So yes and no. It was a little bit of both. It was a little bit of both.
0: So I mean what happened then? Like how how did you where where did that take you? Like once you got to the part where you the onion was gone and you were what was you know, that core of the onion. And that was what was left uh, you know, waiting for the new, you know, onion to to bloom where did that I mean where did that put you where was that kind of um yeah like you said if, if you're not able to relate to the same people on that same level like well what did you have to do with that do you have to explain to them do you have to say the it's not it's not you it's me um which is
1: yeah uh, yeah yes and no um the first thing that i had to reconcile with was the fact that this what was left of this onion was basically nothing and so it's vulnerable it's not as strong of a i wasn't as strong of a person because i wasn't wearing all of these shields i wasn't wearing all of these masks and so i'm out here but i'm unguarded and it's me it's not a role it's me so I kept volleying in and out of position of whether or not to protect this. I was like, well, she needs protection. She needs a sense of safety because if I'm going to be authentically true and vulnerable and out here without a guard, I'm going to need to create a sense of safety in myself. And that's got it that's the whole way to preserve a sense of authenticity is to okay, if to do this and to be out here I've got to be really damn self-assured, really damn self-reliant, self-referencing, self-validating, and not the self-protection, not the self, you know, because self-protection, I didn't know any other methods of self-protection because I didn't know how to do boundaries yet. self-protection, my default was always just to cover something, to hide something. So I knew that I didn't want to go a different way. It's like, if you know that you want to change something different and you don't really know where, it's like, well, it was clearly just go to the polar opposite. Just do everything that you didn't do before. And my explanation would have been with all of my family, with anybody that I was noticing I was parting ways with, I had to give myself permission to understand that the information that I had was enough information. Something doesn't feel right. I don't like that I'm the only person in these dynamics that's initiating connection. I don't like the the setup, this weird offset setup where I'm treated as subhuman or subimportant or second class to these people. So that's enough information and as opposed to my usual tactic of let me see if there's a way I can negotiate, let me see if there's a way I can bring us to the table and find and smooth over any of the problems or issues we're having in our connection. And it's like, well, I've done that. If I'm honest, I've done that for my entire life. I was the one bringing us to the table and it's never worked out for me. And the situation I always walk out of after these conversations is more settling for less than I needed and just working harder to be more perfect, to please more, to approve. I was taking more on my plate and on my shoulders and I was getting even less. And now I had a problem with it. So they were on alert that their intolerance for my needs to begin with was sparked up. They knew that I was, so they created this like distance and it literally had to be something to the effect of, I'm tired of this dynamic and I'm sure that it will not change. I'm walking away period. Like, no, I'm sorry. No, if you, if you then, if you, like, I wasn't bringing them into the equation anymore at all. It was, I'm done with this dynamic. I no longer want to be connected to you, period. And being sure of that. And that sucks because your whole brain is going, What are you doing? I'm built for connection. I'm built for attachment. We have all these little safety nets and you're cutting the ropes on all of them. What the hell is going on? I thought I was having a life crisis. So that, you know, you, you, you do that and you really have to get so good at creating a sense of safety within you because otherwise that's not sustainable. You will, you will go, you might you might disconnect from them, but then a week later you're coming back asking all these, you know, begging, negotiating questions, <laughs> backtracking.
0: So was this like, uh, were you telling the people this or was this just like, uh, I'm gone. Just, uh, um, you know, not just, uh, What what do they call it now? Like where you just sort of go away. You just stop (laughs) answering. Yeah.
1: There were, it was case by case the intimate relationship I was in, obviously that's an intimate relationship. You have to communicate certain things, but I did, I did communicate that I was departing from the whole idea of trying to make this happen anymore. Um. My father was a little bit of a different dynamic. I have, I have two. Like I said, I had a biological father, um, that our dynamic was always very, very touch and go, very manipulative and very jump through hoops. And there wasn't going to be a way to reason with him other than to just stop jumping through the hoops. And so there wasn't a communication. I didn't communicate anything because I didn't even want the exhaustive dialogue that would follow that was going to basically try to unseat me from that certainty. And then with my, um, my stepdad, the one who adopted me and always treated me like the adopted child, uh, essentially I was constantly invalidated from that experience. And so there wasn't really anything else other than to say, I'm done doing this. Because any th- any explanation I gave, any like on-the-way-out information that I would have given would have been immediately argued or played martyr to or played victim of. And it was, again, another exhaustive dialogue. It's like, I know what's on the other side of me explaining myself is your invalidation. So no explanation needed. I'm done. I'm closing the door. I'm locking the door. Do not knock. It's very clear.
0: And. Where did that put you then? After that, those moments
1: in despair, as it does, because you you can only sit with the truth as it's landing. Like you know, the fire's pretty to watch when everything's going up in smoke. It's like, wow, that's that's impressive. I did that. What a what a freeing truth. Wow, that that whole structure is gone. But then, of course. Once the fire is gone, you're sitting in ash. That's not so pretty. That's not so entertaining. That's not so the structures. Then you then the truth settles. The structure is gone. And then you have to bury it. That's when you're looking at the corpse. That's when you're burying your dead. And you have you have the choice in that moment to, I'm going to dig up the corpse. I'm going to refuse to accept that this is dead. And I'm going to carry this corpse with me through my life the way that I have been. Or you can go, no, this, this is definitely a corpse and it's starting to stink. <laughs> so <laughs> I have got to drop this thing. And it was a constant, I picked it up in my mind. I never, I never pressed send on any texts. I never, there was thought processes. It was like, maybe that would help. And I was like, no, Carrie, you're flirting with the same, the same concepts that have screwed you over. Like, don't dig it up. And I kept telling yourself, bury your dead, bury your dead, bury your dead over and over.
0: And so how is that or what What, what have you noticed when uh, being into newer relationships um, since then that you are on the lookout for or things that you are seeing pop up and immediately going, oh, shit. Okay, uh, here's something that I I recognize. Um, what do I do?
1: You. The self-validation thing is really, really critical, and it's still something I'm practicing. If I'm honest, there were there was a my last short-lived relationship was something similar. Where I I had information based on words, I had information even based on personal experience that indicated, "Hey, this is a this is a healthier thing. This is something that I'm I feel in congruence with and going in the right direction." And then there were offsets of that outlier information that didn't, was not congruent with what my I was experiencing. And instead of instead of harboring that and taking that, like, okay, words and actions aren't aligning anymore. Words and actions are getting confusing. I'm starting to notice the static build. And instead of static build in the past, where static build is like, this is a, obviously a problem with me, my interpretation, my emotions, my being too much, my any type of where I I invalidate myself for them. And I would say, okay, leave it on the table. This feels like actions and words are not lining up. Don't shelve it, table it. And then wait for more dots, wait for more information, wait for more information. And the further we went, I really, really understood that I had an attachment I wanted to preserve. I'm like, wow, this one really felt good. I was so... I was so sure you have to give yourself grace and forgiveness for being sure and then being unsure again and not damning yourself or shaming yourself that you didn't read the writing on the wall. You didn't see the red flag. It's like people are very clever. People are very gifted. Manipulation has become an art form. Narcissism has become a plague. All of this stuff is so very well hidden and disguised and seated among everyone else if you have wounding and you have attachment liabilities to your ability to kind of read that and immediately go no and discern, there's nothing wrong with you. There's people that are good people that find good people and think they find good people. And then on the, on the road, somewhere along, these completely healthy people are going, where did that come from? So shaming myself into damn it. Why did, you know, of course there's another, there's another narcissist. There's another smoke and mirrors. There's another codependent. There's another insecure man. There's another um, feminine, effeminate man that, that doesn't have a backbone or a spine or a sense of boundaries. Like you're just learning, you're just gathering information. And so I eventually got to a point where there's enough information on the table and I'm like so many good traits. However, there are liabilities here that i know that will affect my personal sense of peace my personal sense and my emotional sense of safety and my mental well-being so you have to be willing to go okay all the information on the table this entire person this entire connection and just go and let it just fall it sucks because but that's the healthy thing to do so i am learning that there's a healthy departure i still operated with definitely a desire to negotiate what I was willing to settle for. Totally. I did that. I mean, I did that first. Initially, that was still my reflex to go, okay, this is mostly okay. Nobody's perfect. What can I settle for? I did it. I did it even after, you know, a year of growth and learning and all sorts of, I still was like, I can settle for this. So and so what
0: happens then i mean what happened i mean you said it's you know let you can let it go at that point and then do you feel like you're still moving forward though on that that line of learning or do you feel do you end up for a minute feeling like you're you know stepping back a step or um you know, or or anything like that?
1: I think it's really easy to, we're always moving forward. Every person is an assignment. Every person is inventory. Every person is information. Every person is a valuable step. As long as you do learn, as long as you, even if you repeat it, as long as you learned and discovered and were willing to be honest that you repeated it, then it becomes valid. Then it becomes a learning process. You don't like love and lose. You don't win or lose. You win or you learn. And that's like the most cliche thing ever to say, but it's the same thing with relationships. You can win. And my God, these are these are, these are are our people. We find our people and we have resonance with them. I have found so many friends in the last year or two that it's like, God, thank God there's a win. I have a celebration that I can, I just have these people in my life. And then there's learnings. I, in the last several weeks, noticed that I was willing to still kind of chronically pathologize myself as the person that will always find these kind of people or never, always, never, always, never, always, never, you know, just kind of this doomsday thing. I noticed that I did go into that dialogue, like, geez, what's wrong with me? How could I not see how, you know, what kind of, no, I'm the person that's, easily left I'm always going to be the person that's like they have interest and they feign interest it's like okay that's that's a story that I'm uncoupling from that's an identity that I'm uncoupling from and that's an identity that my wound wants me to believe because my brain does not want change my brain wants the familiar my brain wants the familiar imprint of my childhood which was nothing but chaos and back on again off again on again off again so you have to you have to allow the expansion for all of those things to be permissible, for all of those things to land. And it's not it's not easy. It's so not easy. These things are they're they're grooved into our psyches and our emotional habits and patterns and these are our this is our setup. It's not just like, oh I don't like this wall color anymore, so I'm gonna paint it. <laughs> It's so abstract and subjective. There's no place to look at. Like, oh, I don't like the way that that color is. Let's change the color. <laughs> you have to, it's, it's intrinsic and inherent and messy and cognitive and all sorts of things that it's not as easy as just, I don't think I'll ch- I won't oh. be insecure anymore. How about that? Right.
0: Yeah, I'm done with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm done being insecure. <laughs> look at that. Look at that. She's totally done. secure now. Good good um so uh, where where's a spot that like you thought you would be like because obviously that's not where you you thought you would be and have you thought about the the what ifs with those places if you had stayed in that uh That former place that you were at, that former place in in your your head, in your life, have you thought about what that would be like? Or is that just like, I don't, no need to think about it because it's not my life.
1: I do, actually. And I think that's natural for us to placate the what ifs and especially in moments of maybe Loneliness, holidays, Valentine's Day, seeing couples, seeing happy families, seeing social media posts of other people. We kind of go into what had happened with the one that got away, or we daydream about, you know, finding some star-crossed person in a perfect moment of destiny or fate. And the problem with that is it's this torturous mental masturbation that causes us agony and when we when we start to realize like hey this actually doesn't serve me this behavior doesn't serve me it only seeks to kind of pathologize myself my life and creates an assumption of a story that we haven't even lived out yet I did I practiced an exercise that I thought was very interesting um probably six months ago, six, seven, eight months ago, I was missing my, I was mourning my relationship, mourning my life, mourning all of this loss, just all of this loss. It was like all hitting me all at once, the romantic, the family, the friend, like all of the friends, everything. It was just like, oh my gosh, I used to have so many more people. I used to have my people were just everywhere. I had somebody to go to bed with. I had, you know, a dad to call. It's weird for a daughter to mourn. Like if I needed to call my dad right now, I couldn't, or I, I wouldn't. Right. I was laying in bed one night and I was, I was, I was getting emotional and I very rarely let myself feel. And I was like, just cry it out. Just let it, just let it happen. And then I had this moment because it reached kind of a critical mass of, I just want, it was just this gripping. I just want to not be here anymore. And I had this, it was in, I was in such pain that I almost cracked into a level of curiosity and I had a conversation with myself. I was, it was very much a parent-child type conversation where the parent of me, the adult, higher sense of self, spoke to the child and said, okay, do something for me. You're in bed, turn on your side like you normally would as if he were there. Picture him next to you, sleeping. Feel, again, what it felt like to have him sleeping there. Just feel it. Go into it. Feel it all the way again. Get, in, get into your body as if he's there. How do you feel? And then light bulbs. Light bulbs, fireworks, explosions, revelation, all of the things. It was like the fucking 4th of July in my mind where I realized that felt terrible. It always felt terrible. I felt so hollowed and alone. I was never I was never seen, I was never heard, I was un, I never understood, I was never loved all the way through. It was like, yeah, I love you appearances, appearances, appearances surface. It's like, how did you really feel seen, heard, loved, validated any of it? Or were you just as alone as you think you are now? I was like, no, I I was Oh my god, I was. And then it was just from then on, it was like, but you're not, you're not alone. You are less alone now than you were then. And here's the thing, you can turn around and be anyone you want to be now. You can be anything. You can feel anything. You can think anything. You can say anything and not have anybody muting it down or shaping it or altering it or needing it to fit into a certain box because there's so many things that I was not free to do that it eventually just, I felt small. I felt like I had to live and exist on a corner of somebody's room that I had to fit into their life somehow, but nobody wanted to fit into mine. And that's how I had to do family, friendships, intimate relationships, the works, client relation, everything required me to somehow morph. And I, from that moment, I flipped up my covers, I threw around all the pillows, and I put myself in the middle of the bed and I sprawled out completely just like with this silly ass grin plastered on my face with just my arms completely wide. I was like, oh, my God, I remember that I can breathe and I have freedom. And this is awesome. This is everything I wanted. And so it's, it was moments, yeah. clairvoyant moments like that where you're like, oh, my God, I'm so glad that I didn't do that. And you feel like you almost escaped a a crashing plane. You're like, oh, my God, thank God I wasn't on that flight. Thank God I didn't marry that guy. Thank God I didn't continue to try and succumb and please and and pacify my parents. Like, thank God that I was just like, get fucked and do me, do life the way that I, the big life that I want that doesn't have to be encumbered or weighted down for anyone else's pleasure.
0: Right. And uh i mean you have to get to that point though too like and i don't think you can get to that point without yet going down there um to
1: the pit of hell
0: <laughs> yeah and uh you know i i like i like my uh once you you know poop in your pants uh you know using that old analogy and like once you poop your pants you can't poop your pants anymore it's not going to be worse <laughs> like you, you go, you go out there and you do whatever you're going to do because, like, what's what's going to be worse than that right there? And um, <laughs> you just, and it, it's hard, and it's hard to get there. Like when you're 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 thinking you're getting down there, but then you find out, like later on, like, oh, okay, this is pretty bad, and then it's like, oh shit, no, that wasn't that, that wasn't really that bad. It, it sucked. It was definitely something I don't know if I can come back from but found, this is way I
1: found, worse. I found a, uh, what was it? A, It might've been a, a drink coaster or a magnet or something in Detroit. I was in a store in Detroit and I found this coaster or something that said, rock bottom has a basement. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I was like, that's perfect. That is, that is my life of personal development yep. and self-discovery. I realized that every single time I'm like, well, that was the last painful layer. It's like, oh no, <laughs> there's rock bottom as a basement baby let's keep going
0: <laughs> right and that's i mean that's something that you could i don't know how you could even tell someone that and have them genuinely believe you if you told someone who has an experience that tell them that oh yeah yeah there there's there's rock bottom. but yeah then there's a basement so this like eh, no like it can't be that bad it it's not it's not bad it's okay it's you know like but then like, Oh yeah, shit, that sucks. Oh, yeah. That really sucks. But then you can do whatever you want. And.
1: Well, nobody wants to go into that topic. When, right. if, if somebody had told <laughs> me that I would be here at my personal development journey and self-discovery and exploration of all of this healing and all of this shit, if somebody had walked me through a summarized version of what I was going to face that hey, by the way, you're gonna sell everything you own. You're gonna live in Japan. You're gonna divorce your husband, your best friend. You're gonna destroy your family. You're gonna lose your family. You're gonna lose your your parents. You're going to disenfranchise from all lifelong friends. You're gonna bury your friend to cancer. You're gonna like all of this stuff. If you had told me that that was what I was gonna go through in 2015, I'd have run for the damn hills. No way. Was I in the the blue pill, the red pill, whichever one was going to be the one that opened my eyes, I would have absolutely taken the rest, the other one. I've been like, I will live on the matrix and eat this steak and pretend it has flavor for the rest of my life. I'm good. Thanks. Bye. So rock bottom. We don't start with rock bottom. Fortunately, when somebody is going to start their journey, they start with the one uncomfortable realization, that first tiny, like, am I really fulfilled with this? Does this really serve me? Is this really true? What is, you know? The baby steps. Thank God the universe doesn't just fire hydrant our asses unless we need it, unless we ask for it, unless it's been in in this impregnant phase of gestation of, you know, things we've been avoiding that we know 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 it's coming. Yeah, maybe fire hydrant, fire hydrant our ass there anyway. It depends on the calling and the intensity of that calling from our inner being. But for most of us, it's, well, that doesn't feel right. (laughs) It's a small, small, little, small, little step, small, little thing. Do you remember
0: what your first one was?
1: It was was scorched earth for me. Everybody, you know, (laughs) there's a lot of people. It's like, Oh, I realized I'm unhappy with my career. And then I changed my career. I'm happy with my health. And it's like, I did a new year's resolution. I followed through with it. Now I lost, I lost the weight and everything's great. For me, it was a, an all encompassing umbrella of, just stench and i went scorched earth i everything i owned i had a life crisis it felt like where i was i was clocking in and out of church i had friends that didn't really know who i was i had a marriage to a man that we we were bonded to each other from trauma not love Um, I was trying to check all the boxes of my life and make myself make sense. I was doing the, the white picket fence, the Mercedes, the status, the cars, the career, the clothing, the, like, I was just trying to, this is what adults do. They go get married. They have 2.8 kids. They have a barbecue on 4th of July and they, just like, they do the things. I was deeply unhappy internally with all of it, but it was everywhere. So I looked at my life. I'm unhappy with my career. I'm unhappy with my health. I'm unhappy with my marriage. I'm unhappy with my money. I'm unhappy with my friends. I'm unhappy with my spiritual life. I'm unhappy with all. So I thought it was me. Well, the problem here, this is all, you know, in my life. If it's everything, it's gotta be me. It has to be exclusive to me. So I just thought, you know, Keep your head down, quit complaining. If it's you, something's inherently wrong with you, and you're not gonna just be this is you've never been happy. So, and you were happy in childhood, but everyone's happy in childhood. See, there's a lot of things that I was taking for granted. I was, everyone's happy in childhood, and then they're miserable in adult years. I was living in a story that this was all just my problem due to an inherent flaw, and there was nothing I could do about it. So when the pain point finally reached a critical mass, it was wild. I drove home from a Bible study, and I walked into my own front door of my own house, the ginormous house that I ha- we had to have to prove we had made it, from the Mercedes that I had to have to prove that I had made it, and I felt like I walked into somebody else's house. Like I felt like I, you know, that weird feeling. You're like, oh shit, wrong house, wrong place, wrong person. You tap somebody on the shoulder like, oh God, sorry. I thought you were a, (laughs) I did that to my own front door. I walked in. I was like, oh wait. And then I had to literally calibrate and look around like, no, my family's picture, my kitchen, my couch, this is my house. And the recognition still wasn't there yet. It hadn't caught up. Like I could tell me I'm in my house. And my whole body was like, nope, you're not. So it was this weird moment. And all of a sudden it collapsed on me that this facade, this faking, this acting, this dynamic that I was living wasn't going to go further. It was done. My nervous system's like, I'm shutting down. I'm done. This mask, this role that you've asked me to play uh, it's, it's run its course. You're on your own. I remember like being so mad and I just, I threw my head back and I audibly, I'm alone in my house. I threw my head back and I audibly said to the universe, to God, I was just like, God, if this is all there is, please just let me be fucking happy with it. And if it's not break me open and show me what I'm missing because I am miserable. And that's, quite literally where everything fell apart marriage home sold everything I owned literally moved 9,000 miles away it was just done everything was gone so I definitely did it the the unkit plan plan d like the unconventional of the unconventional way <laughs> right but
0: people like uh, like yourself or like myself that's the way you gotta do it there's there's no other way. There's no, like people can tell you a million times. People could tell me a million times. You gotta you just go for it. I'm like, ah, whatever. Yeah. Like you, you don't know me. You don't know me, but um maybe they did. Maybe they did know me and they know, knew Mimi. Mimi. me, me. me, me. Um, And, but that's, that's how we learn and that's where where we had to get to and that's i mean so what what happened when you went to japan you just were like sold everything and went with what like a few bags and just went somewhere in japan
1: it was a duff. i went with a duffel bag i went with a duffel bag of stuff and Hmm. it was kind of on a whim i at at the time I had watched Eat, Pray, Love as cliche as hell as that sounds for a, you know, middle-aged white woman to finally reach her life crisis where Starbucks doesn't hit the same. And then she decides to move halfway across the world. I was like, oh, well, in the movie, Elizabeth Gilbert went to Bali. So I was like, well, I'm going to have myself a little planned life crisis. I needed to plan that. I needed control of that. I was like, I'm going to have myself a life crisis and I'm going to be on in the jungle. So I googled, you know, trip to Bali, because I was gonna, I was gonna make sure that if I did fall apart, I was gonna do it on my terms. God was like, "Hold my beer, bitch," because it's about to get real fun. And I contacted a place called Rome, where it's basically group travelers go stay together in like a hostel situation where they they state they you have your own room but everything else is community and you can plan your travels you can tour the country or whatever together with the other travelers you can go as a couple you can go as a single and you just you go there with no plans and then you connect with other people and you make these make these last minute plans well they had contacted me back and they're like here's the pricing and information for you to go to bali however we noticed you're a very gifted photographer and videographer and we don't have many usable photos of our resort in Tokyo. We'd be willing to comp yeah. your stay if you'd come we'd comp your stay for a month if you come photograph and, and our, our our digs essentially. And I was like Tokyo, Japan, I can't even read the la- like I have no idea the language. It's there's symbols. I if I get lost, I'm screwed. There's no way to find up <laughs> let alone home. <laughs> So I thought about it for a moment and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, sure. Why? Let's do it. Why not? And I, it was probably the most magical, uncomfortable, eye opening, sobering, peaceful, free fall I've ever been in. It's like, okay, we're going to. We're good. Unless until I of course landed in Beijing and found out that your cell phone doesn't work around the world the way it does at home that was a last minute that was a that was a rookie error a rookie mistake and I almost didn't make it to Japan because I'm sprinting looking at symbols that say nothing that's relevant to me <laughs> I made it I made it but by the skin of my teeth and then had to fix my cell phone situation immediately after landing at uh, the international airport in Tokyo but it was. It was fun. I You learn so much about what you are able to be resilient to and learn on the fly. It was my first international trip, period. First time wow. ever leaving the country. And I dropped myself face first into the deep end. And I figured it out. There's something about that to know that you'll figure it out, that I came back with a weird self-reliance that was bulletproof for a very long time. Like, I don't care what I'm facing. I will figure it out. And I would credit that for being, not that I'm telling everybody, hey, go drop yourself in a completely unknown foreign land, but you do learn this this fortitude, this this almost carnal, instinctual nature that you have that's like, I can do really, really, really hard shit, and I proved it to myself in the most qualifying of ways. And nobody could take it from me. I lost everything and nobody could take that. It's like, well, if I can apply, I'll figure it out to this, figuring out a subway system with a foreign language, figuring out how to navigate an entire country in a month with total strangers and no American money. Like, you'll figure it out. So I came back home with the same thing. Like, I'm curious of what all I can figure out. And then seven years later, here we are. Fuck around, fucking around and finding out.
0: (laughs) Fucking around and find out. And so when you got back, were you kind of hitting the ground running on uh, bettering yourself and learning more about yourself? Was that, or was there sort of a. I don't know. I I felt, yeah, when I got back from. I got back from Asia. Like, I stopped for a minute, and, and it was hard to just like. I, I, w- I was stuck. I was stuck for a minute, and then I I figured it out, and then I hit the ground running, and um. I don't know, but I I think it took the getting, getting stuck after that uh to, kind of get me, going. Um, did you get something like that, or were you just go right after you got back from Japan.
1: Something like that, because it I had never done. Up until my mid 20s, I was I literally spent like it was a full time job trying to be what everyone else needed me to be or expected me to be or put on me to be never once did I do any kind of self-referencing ever. Like not even a little bit. So when I came back, having nothing but time in a new country, completely outside of my comfort zone with no one looking at me that knew me as familiar or expected me to do anything anyway, I had nothing but open space to go, there's all of this blank canvas. There's all of these things and nothing but questions on how I'm going to choose to design this going forward. And I recognized that it was a design process. It wasn't just this micro observation of everyone around me and seeing, okay, make, filling in the assumptions of what everybody else wants me to be, and then trying to manufacture that in myself, or at least manufacture the appearance of it. So when I got back, it was more or less the continuation of that process. I, I explored the ends of the earth i explored the ends of myself to figure out what is actually there when it's not being directed told manufactured faked outright manipulated just what is there what's there when everything else is cleared out and that process lasted for a long time what was was there a lot of very eclectic, mix mismatchy themes and styles, preferences, music, uh, ways to spend time, ways to waste time. Like there's just things that I just was like, the the day, the nights mixed together. I wasn't. I wasn't going to bed at certain hours. I was. I would wake up at five o'clock in the morning, and I was just like, "I'm writing. I have to write. I have to get this all out. I have to do this." I would. I would lay in a bathtub, listening to Wayne Dyer until five o'clock in the morning, and watching all of these like mind blowing revelations happen above me in the in the in the shower stall. Like, oh my god, there's so much here. Um, it was a beautiful, very. interpersonally transformational time because I actually got a glimpse of the person that was in the mirror as opposed to this just you know it became 5D and not 2D and that that I think is where a lot of people get caught up with addiction to relationships or emotional dependency or codependency or not really knowing how to have their own identity is because they don't really ever take the time to acknowledge admire accept accentuate play with who they are we're so busy trying to attach and fit in and belong to everybody that we just kind of shave off all of those weird corners that don't look like everybody else and turns out those shaved off corners they they don't really go away they're just phantom they're phantom limbs they're phantom personalities they're phantom characteristics and they do call us back to them. It's who we're supposed to be,
0: right? Um, I saw some picture today. Some where it's like a, a puzzle piece, and uh, you know, you have the corners that are all rounded off and make into the the perfect square. But rather than that, having the pieces, each of those pieces still having the you know interconnected blocks on each part of it still, you know, trying to figure that out. And I think that's a good place to be. And, um, it's hard to, hard to get there and hopefully there's a way to get there and, you know, maybe we'll get there eventually, but Get on the path to it somehow. It'd be the best way, I would say, to do it. Because eventually you got to, you got to, or something, you know, maybe, maybe nothing. Like you said, maybe you can just, you'll get lucky and you'll be happy with where Mm -hmm. that is. And great. All the power to someone like that, but... Um, it's not everyone. And so, yeah. Um, so where, where, where can people find you? How can people find you if they want to try to get to newer places in their lives, make new connections? find more out about themselves through you.
1: I love the last question, actually, specifically, because that's, I had a a website that was very just what I thought it needed to be. And then in the new year over winter break, I, I completely just overhauled the damn thing to make it my own. Some Some place where somebody could go for a touchstone resource, some sort of, foundation or guidance or even just like a safe envelope to be a complete and total mess and so i'm actually really proud of my website and think that that's a really good resource for anyone in any walk of life whether they're they don't really know what's happening they just want somebody to help narrate and walk them through like hey these are some of the things that can be expected and experienced while you're in this weird journey and then there's people like 911 I need intervention like, help right now. I need someone in my corner like what the fuck is happening? Um and everything in between. So, obviously com. but I'm pretty easily googleable and searchable and I think Instagram's probably where I my affinity lies with the social media that's actually in my hands and the the community that I've built there. But I am everywhere. It's just there's there's a time and a place and a space for anybody no matter what part of the journey they're on i have definitely had deep resonance with the beginning phases the messy middle and getting toward some clear opening i've i've walked it all so i've talked about it all and i've guided through it all so it's um it's all there cool.
0: well yeah thank you very much for coming on and uh being on again and um yeah have have you back in a few months if you're up for that and yeah, uh, figure out more about life. Yeah, <laughs> that was always good.
1: Count me in.
0: Cool. All right. Well, um yeah. Well, thank you, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Then, all right.
1: Thank you. Thank you. All
0: right. Thank you. All right. That's Kara Payton. So, um, yeah, check her out, kara dot com. So, that's the place. Thank you, everyone, for being here on the Rusty Diamond Podcast Network. Do stuff. Do stuff. You do you. And that is the show. Man. Oh. It's Rusty Diamond Mother Fucker. It's Rusty Diamond Mother Fucker.